Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, the Utah State Aggies did it. I got to admit, my faith wavered, and then it was gone. And then they got off the deck, got back in the game, took forever to finally take the lead, hit some big shots, and won. That was a heck of a comeback from Utah State. 75-70, they beat New Mexico in a game that had so many twists and turns. Uh, Nemes Keda was in foul trouble in the first half, and then uh, Sam Merrill picked up his fourth foul like 15 minutes to go, and it was a close game, and he sat down, and New Mexico surged in front by about six, and they were pressing, and the Aggies were turning the ball over, and they finally... Lobos hit a three and got a steal and went up by 11 with like 10 minutes to go. Craig Smith called timeout, and I tweeted this out. I thought he had to put Sam Merrill back in the game. I thought they were going to clearly lose if he saved him for the five-minute mark. There wouldn't be enough time to come back. So he put Sam in the game, which was a risk. He could foul out, but I didn't think it was that much of a risk because I thought if he saved him, you're going to lose anyway. And if he fouls out, he fouls out, and then you probably lose the game. But they put him in. He's a senior. He's a vet. He ought to be able to avoid the foul. He did, and the Aggies came charging back. And it was uh, a lot of big shots by Merrill. Then his teammates came in with a couple of big buckets, and the Aggies get out of there with a win. So they're on to the Mountain West Conference semifinals. They're still on the bubble. They need a win, but they got the first one. And the Lobos, man, when they got up by 11, midway through the second half, the Aggies – but you just, you know, momentum's real, and you could just feel it. The Aggies were just slogging uphill. It looked impossible. But it's great to have the best player on the court. And Sam Merrill was the best player on the court, and he came back and he turned the game around. And that was that, and the Aggies win. Okay, here's Scotty G after the game with uh, Nimi Keita. Nimiish, what, what the hell was that, man? What a crazy <laughs> ending to that game. Hey, that's what we do. We like, we, we're, we work on these type of situations. We like to... We don't like this, but yeah. sometimes you have to. You have to happen, and I feel that we're really, we're really prepared for these final moments of the games, and I think we're, we know how to finish them. Hey, talk about your two seniors out there, Sam and Diogo. Amazing, amazing. They carried us on our back. Um, they played great in the fi- in the fi- down the stretch, and I feel that um, we need our seniors to play like that. And I think they they did a great job leading us, and I think that's that's what we need to do to keep winning. Was there any panic? No, no, no. Definitely not. I think you. I think we were. I think we were a little bit, a little bit uh, tentative. And once coach, coach showed confidence in us, I think we we just played our best and we just found a way to win. You know, thought, I'm sorry, no, no, I was no. going to say that, um, you know, they, they did a good job without you out there. But when you got out there, I thought you handled the rebounds, played without fouling. You have really matured as a player. Tell me about your emotions going through this game. Um, I just got to stay out of foul trouble, man. It saves us a lot of a lot of effort during the games. And I feel that I feel that I, I still need to grow a lot, a lot more. And I think that we're on the right right path to win another one. You know, last year, you really struggled against New Mexico. You guys came back and won in the tournament. The next game, you could tell you guys were like, all right, we got that out of our system, and you played probably your best game of the year against Fresno. Do you feel like you can have that same kind of performance tomorrow night? Um, I think so. Um, we're a team that can get get get, it, get high really quick. Um, we got great shooters. We got a great inside game, and I feel that it's hard for a team to guard both. And if, mm-hmm. and if they guard one, the other one will, will succeed, and I feel that we're – and I feel that – that will be the key for us to win. You know, not a lot of people, only a few select lucky few get to experience playing in a game like that. How how much fun was that? Amazing, man. This, 
the, these are the type of games that we want to play during our whole career. Um, especially in a packed crowd, packed arena like this. Um, shout out to the New Mexico fans. They were amazing too. Um, but our fans were really off the charts. Yeah, just uh, get get some rest, right? Yeah, oh, yes, <laughs> yeah. Go down, rest. <laughs> good thing that you uh, good thing that you got a uh, a chance to uh, rest up a little bit because yeah. uh, you're playing the nightcap tomorrow, and you guys have earned every bit of that rest. But man, my Thank friend, you. that was Thank a you. heck of a game. Thank you. We'll see Congratulations. you tomorrow, man. Yeah, we'll see you guys. Yeah. All right, there's Cato with Scotty G. We are going to take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk some BYU basketball as they hold their final mail. Uh, media availability before they head off to the West Coast Conference Tournament. They're in a semifinal Monday against a team to be determined. Probably St. Mary's, but to be determined. And we will hear from Mark Pope next. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Mark Pope met with the media for the last time, the Cougars. Are going to head down to Vegas. They got a semifinal game on Monday, probably against St. Mary's, but St. Mary's will have to win on Saturday to make that happen and make that official. Uh, BYU will wait to see who they get. Here is the head coach of BYU, Mark Pope. So, how do you approach this week? Um, which is what do you prepare for all teams on that side of the bracket, or how do you? Yeah, so I have files on all the teams on our side, so, um, you know. Vegas is saying that St. Mary's should should be who we play on Monday, but we've we've kind of considered uh, you know Pepperdine a lot. We just came off that game, so they're really familiar to us, and we played Santa Clara real really recently. So we're you know, we kind of have approached this week trying to knock out uh, things that those crews have in common, and anything really anomalous that makes them unique that we need to prepare for live. Because we won't have any live preparation after we find out who we're going to play, and um, so you know it's it's league. Everybody knows everybody, so there's not going to be any huge surprises. And so but we're taking all those guys into account as we prepare. How do you, without playing a game for over a week, how do you keep these guys engaged? How do you go about that? Well, I'm really fortunate because I got veteran guys, right? And so um, they have. You know, we've had a lot of weird schedule this this year. You know, the first three weeks were so congested because we had so many games. And then we had that kind of stretch in December where we just played once every week for three weeks. Actually, the guys played some of their best basketball during that time, which gives us some confidence. Um, and then we, you know, we have the weird thing here about being off for, uh, you know, for eight days. And the eighth day, we're not even going to step on the court, and then we're going to play on the ninth ninth day. But um, that is, you know, that's why you embrace all the different situations. Uh, these guys have done a great job, um, you know, rewriting the script every time where, you know, we've had weird scheduling things or tough challenges personnel-wise or, or uh, you know, or, or taking an L or whatever. These guys have always been able to say, hey, whatever happened, we are going to, or whatever we're facing, we're going to actually 
we're going to actually write the story so that it was a, such a gift to us. And they'll do the same with this. That's, that's what they've done all season. In years past, you've probably had to at least get to the championship game or win the whole thing to, to get a bit to the big dance. Do you think the guys can play a little looser down in Vegas knowing that uh, you know their NCAA tournament hopes, I'm not saying they're yeah. locked or anything, but yeah. they're, they're more secure? Um, I don't know. I, you know, I, we haven't functioned that way all year long. We haven't functioned past Monday all year long, right? It's... Um, and I, I know that's a, it's such a sporting cliche, but that's genuinely, um, we've really, really fought hard to, to just take the one thing that's ahead of us, right? Even as a staff or the, you know, with our Thursday games, we have a pending Saturday game. We, 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 we force ourselves to talk, talk, stop talking about Saturday on Monday morning. We have our last meeting Monday morning where we even consider Saturday and then we're, fully on Thursday right so and our team has done a really nice job with that so I, I mean I don't really know how to answer that very well we just know that Monday is the biggest game we've ever played uh, and just like last Saturday was the biggest game before that that we've ever played and I've kind of repeated that all season because we're fighting really hard to stay in that mind frame and um, and that's what our guys are thinking about clearly they understand that you know we have a you know that we're in a pretty good position right now, but that's just in the background uh, kind of noise. Like this team is, I think they felt the success that you can have when you focus 100% on the next game. And so I think they're getting more, more and more committed to living there. Hopefully we'll see, but that's where we should be. This team is different. It, it, there's a lot of excitement on campus about this team. Uh, the Rocket provide more tickets for people to come and watch the game in Vegas. What is it that makes this team so different and so exciting, especially coming into this week? Well, I don't know what makes it different. I, I know what makes it special, right? I don't. I can't really have an educated commentary on how it's different, but but um, I do know that this group, uh, like we're all witnessing the same thing. You know, we're witnessing one of the one of the really special teams in sports right now, where every single day guys are fighting to put away their own agendas to compete for each other, and we keep echoing that. Uh, every day too, but it's true. I had a guy in my office for half an hour before practice that is just torn up about the fact that his numbers might not be where they're supposed to be for him to kind of be on the path that he was hoping to be on for his future. And we had the conversation again for the hundredth time uh, with this player for the 15th time this year and, and with all our players several hundred times. And it is an everyday commitment. And I think people, I think you see it. I think you feel it. I, I mean, I don't know if people would recognize it and put it in those words, but I think when you watch a team where guys are just working so hard to do whatever they can to help the team and they're willing to sacrifice their own agendas, I think you just feel it. And, um, and so I think that's one thing. And I think we have unbelievable stories on this team. I think um, his people have gotten to know Yoli even better this year, clearly, than they've ever known him before. And his people have been reacquainted with Jake Toulson and seen, witnessed, you know, his story and how he's done it. And if people have fallen in love with Dalton and, and Zach, clearly, how can you not fall in love with him if you're a fan and you watch him? And, and his people watch T.J. Hawes put together a spectacular season. I mean, there's not a single BYU fan that doesn't expect that T.J. Hawes is going to hit another game winner. Or, like, when we come down to that moment, everybody's going to be like, I know T.J. is going to come through for us. Like, that's that's a relationship that you build with a, as a fan with, with a team and players. And I, I think that 
breeds excitement. And of course, you know, the guys, the winning streak and the ranking and all that stuff is, is all, it's actually a byproduct of those things that you're really attracted to, I think, as a fan that really bind you to a team. And this is a special group, man. I feel the same way as fans do. Right, like I, I get to step on the floor and in the locker room every day. We had a long, kind of intense locker room deal today, and and um, and I feel just so blessed to be able to be with these guys as they as they try and work through this. So it's fun. Do you have an update on Dalton? Yeah, so he is. Um, we're, we're he's getting close. I don't think there's really a chance he's going to be able to play on Monday. Um, but if we can if we can win some games, I think there's maybe a chance he's alive, you know, the week after. I don't know any of that for sure, but that's that's kind of what I'm hoping for, and and you know, and we'll just kind of see. Like he's been working really hard on the bike. He can only bike on the bike with his heel. He can't really do any flexion right now. He's been in the pool relentlessly, and um, and so he's working as hard as he can to kind of get back, and and we're super hopeful. Even though you're fully focused on Monday, are you the kind of guy that will, if a TV's on, duck into a game, get a bit of a vibe of the postseason feel right now with tournaments and other games going around? Yeah, I mean, you can't help but, like, feel it. But I'm actually not, you know, I, I don't think I'll watch a full game of anybody but, you know, the teams that, you know, we have we have plenty of work to do on the potentially, you know, five teams we could play. So, um so I won't sit down and watch a full game. I'll spend most of the time film of, of the games we could play. And also, you know, we're spending a lot of time right now on our guys on how we can kind of tweak things to give it a little, a little different look or, uh, or take advantage of the ways that teams have kind of settled in on trying to guard us in different situations and maybe figure something out there and spend a lot of time on, you know, our individual guys, you know, like Gav. You know, I think Gav has a chance to take a step forward and, making sure all our guys are right and so I'm spending more time with that but you can't help but get a you know you can't help but feel the juice of March I mean it's what we live for right this is um you know you just it's it is Christmas every single day for six weeks if you do it right and um except it's so much more exhausting than Christmas right like you, if you do it right, also you just when it, when it's all said and done, when you're finished, you'll just have nothing in the tank. You'll look at if my guys do this right, then then when you guys see them a day after uh, we're done, they'll just be they'll be blank faced and empty. And if you can do that, then then if you can if you can push yourself that hard and be that disciplined, then regardless of the outcome. Uh, from that day of blankness where you have no emotion and, and no no capital left to expend for the rest of your life it'll just get sweeter and sweeter and sweeter and so that's what we're pushing for and you know very few players and very few teams get to experience that but that's what we're trying you growing your hair out? I don't know I was thinking about trying to grow a mustache <laughs> I don't think that's going to go over very well the problem is if I grow my hair out I have to actually look in the mirror and I, I try not to do that at all costs you know, maybe there will be, a, hopefully there will be a, a sense of that on Monday night at like 10.30. Like I really hope that we get to have a chance to focus on that. But, 
you know, we have to, whoever it is that we're playing Saturday or Monday night is going to be, it's going to be just a monster. It's going to take everything we have. So I hope we get to have that conversation where we're actually involved, engaged in the game. It would give us a chance to do that. But we're not spending a lot of time thinking about that. We just, we have to find a way to, you know, what I'm thinking about is all the things that you guys are concerned about is this time off and this long winning streak and these veteran guys and all the publicity we're getting and all the, the, the normal human being uh, response to all that is to like kind of lose your edge and kind of start to get distracted and kind of start to have your own agenda and, and not to be, you know, have the desperate urgency that you might have coming right off a loss, right, which sometimes can be such a gift. And so where all of our focus is right now is how can we recapture that? That's what every team in America is trying to focus on, and that's not an easy task. I mean, you see it every day now. Um, you know, uh, you saw it in the first round of the Mountain West Conference Tournament, right? It's just sometimes it's, it can be really elusive to get yourself Oh, right. Um, and so we're, we're just we're just all of our energy is trying to figure out how to help ourselves get there. Mark, you've mentioned veteran guys, the commitment from this team. List goes on. But what is it for you as a head coach that you are most confident in right now? My guys. Um, you know, I live I live in constant like paranoid fear. Right. It's probably what coaching does to you. And because um, you because you've gone through all the when it, you know you've experienced every way that things can go wrong right and, and and they stay with you and haunt you and so you're trying to stay ahead of that all the time. It's like um, it's like being on the watchtower right where your job is just trying to see ahead to try and like you know cover the potholes before you get there or or avert the you know the the troubles you know whatever and and um, and I've been. So unbelievably fortunate this year where I've scrambled and scrambled to do that and these guys t keep telling me you don't need to do that we got this it makes my job really easy and so I got a lot of faith in these guys and they've earned it you know they've earned it and that's not um that doesn't mean that we're uh, getting complacent or taking these for granted it just means that that I really believe that if 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 as a staff, we do our work as diligently, diligently as we can and use everything that we have, every arrow in our quiver, um, that our guys actually will be there right with us and respond. And so how blessed are we, right, as fans and as a coaching staff to believe in these guys, because I do. I know I talked to you last week and you said that the individual awards didn't mean much to you. So yeah. People don't remember those, but what was your reaction to three of your guys being all WCC first team? Um, not surprised. I mean, I, I don't think it was a I don't think it was a complicated um, vote. Uh, you know, um, and, and really happy for them. I mean, they clearly earned it and deserve it. And and um, you know, if 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 we were, you know, if, if coaches were designing this voting too, you know, there's there's really very little chance that Zach and Dalt and AB would not have been recognized also in another category, right, um, for what they've done. And, and um, But, you know, it's, uh, um, you know, I was really blessed to receive a lot of individual awards as a player. And you know where those awards are? Anybody know where they are? Your closet. Neither do I. <laughs> I don't know because you know what they just don't matter like they might matter for a day but but you guys asked me about um, 
about what my teams were able to accomplish. I could probably tell you every single detail of every single game, every single moment our guys sacrificed for each other and fought for each other and, and, and made plays for each other and rose up in, in impossible situations and did something extraordinary. And the way buildings felt, I could tell you in detail every single building I played in and competed in. And, um, you know, and, and that's, you know, that is... Um, it just is the truth. I think every athlete could relate to that, and and, um, and every person could relate to that if you look back at the category of the successes and the shortcomings you had in your life. And so, um, you know, uh, so that's what I think about this. And, and you know, if I'm 100% positive, if every guy on my team could have, could have chosen between where they are right now or each guy on my team being the player of the year in the conference and just having an average pedestrian year without fail, without pause, without exception, they would be like, are you kidding? Like what we're doing with our brothers right now is so special. We wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. How would you describe the whole journey that you've always been on this past year from coming back yeah. to the suspension, the injury, and this all these accomplished? Yeah. I, I, I hope one of you guys will write a book, right? Because it's just that, it's that, it's that full, it's that full, right? You know, you, 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 I mean, his story is just, um, I mean, there's so many stories. Like, how fun is this? I think it's got to be fun for you guys because there's so many stories that are just like, it's almost like you don't really believe it, right? Um, you know, we had uh, these deep blues. You guys see these deep blues? They're just amazing. And Yoli Child's deep blue, like, especially the first two minutes of it were just so unbelievable um one of the things we don't talk about very much is his relationship with his mom and you know how he spent his childhood and the things they had to overcome together and where they had to do it and how they had to do it so you just add that to the saga and then you add his first three years here and and then i mean you could write a book just on this season really of what he's went through and how he's responded and because he's had these extraordinary moments i mean you know when he said he was back at that press conference it captured everybody right and then there is two months later maybe ten weeks later saying I'm back but I'm not going to be back for a while and he's just um, he's an extraordinary young man and um, I don't think they roll through that often but he's really special so we've all been really blessed and, and, and we just got to keep winning so we don't have to you know so, so that doesn't have to be over There is Mark Pope with the media. All right, when we come back, time to talk jazz basketball. They got the Celtics tonight. PK and I with with Joe Ingles. He's next. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. All right, we had Joe Ingles on late in the show yesterday. We're actually, we had just started with Craig Bowlerjack. We didn't have a time certain on Joe, and Joe texted, Hey, I'm available. Let's do it now. So, <laughs> awkwardly, we had to thank Bowler. Got a bigger name on another line, literally. That was awkward. Uh, but Bowler was a good guy. He rolled with it. We got him on later in the show. But uh, here's our conversation with Joe Ingles. Hey, yeah! 
This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle Bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show (laughs) with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The Joe Ingles Show is brought to you by your hardworking friends at Mountainland Supply. For all your plumbing and irrigation needs, go to mountainlandsupply.com. Joe, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? We're doing well. How are you? So it's three in a row now. It's easy to look at the wins and losses. Clearly something has changed. What has changed since we spoke to you a week ago, aside from obviously the outcomes? Um, I think, I mean, obviously we'll win games, which is, which is different and which kind of takes people off the, the edge of the cliff a little bit. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, I think we... I said it post game yesterday that I think we played a lot of good quarters and homes, even in the, the losing streak. Um, even when we lost five, what is it before the break? Um, I think we played a lot of a lot of good basketball. We just hadn't put it all together. They'd go on one one big run and we wouldn't be able to get back from that, or it'd be one player that we wouldn't be able to um, whatever kind of pick it up on the defensive end and. Um, I think we're just yeah, you're figuring it out. Um, we're all figuring it out kind of obviously like with me now coming off the bench, figuring out who I'm playing with, and I think that's starting to work. And um, I think we're all just kind of figuring it out obviously at a at a good time as the season's kind of ending. Yeah, like, absolutely. I'd agree with that. You know, the thing that I've been able to watch and enjoy is that you know because we watch all the games. We understand the method, the brand, the formula in which you guys need to play in order to win and have success. And the thing about it, particularly against the Knicks, but even the couple games before, is like we're seeing jazz basketball. Every, every team has their own way to win. And you guys have been playing the way you're supposed to. And, and that's something that I think can lead to success. You think that you got uh, 21 games to go now. That's something that we can see consistently going forward. I mean, I hope so. <laughs> That's the plan. Um, I mean, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't put any money on it, but I, I don't think we're going to win all the twenty-one games. I think we're going to have some losses, and um, obviously, they're the ones that you you want to you want to play well. Like I said, you want to play well. If, and I, I think coaches said it a few times before. You want to kind of win, win or loss. Obviously, we're trying to win, but we want to keep getting better and better as the thing kind of finishes out. And, um, like you said, we want to be playing our, our style. We want to be playing the way we want to play on, on both ends. And defensively, I think we've got, gotten better and better. Um, there's little breakdowns that, like last night, some miscommunication stuff that um, can kind of easily be cleaned up. Um, and then on the offensive end, like I said, just figuring out different times. It's... Um, it's it's different sometimes. So you, you figure out who you're playing. Like I said, now coming off the bench, I'm playing a lot with with Mike and JC, um, which is very different to playing with 
Donovan and Mike or Donovan and Royce. And um, so you, you're figuring out kind of when you can be aggressive, when not, who's got a weakness, who's got the mismatch. And um, this is our time, obviously, to kind of clean all that stuff up before the, the playoffs come. You've uh, you've obviously played with Rudy for a long time, and the NBA has been involving. While well, you guys have been two teammates, we uh, here with the Jazz. How different is it defending with Rudy behind you? Uh, you know, three or four years ago, and now when there's so many more big guys who are three point shooters, and Rudy's spending a lot more time out on the three point line instead of in the paint, and not just on the three point line, but it seems like teams are moving him to one side of the floor on the three-point line and then attacking from the other side of the floor. How much does that change what you guys have to do defensively? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it does. At the end of the day. Um, obviously, our, our structure and kind of the way we play hasn't changed much. It's been pretty consistent since I've been here. But, um, yeah, just some of the, the, I guess, like you said, the spacing of it. And even a lot of times, Rudy's on the strong side so he actually can't help at all and if he does it's a, a wide open pretty easy kind of corner three so um, yeah I mean it's, it, I mean, when I first got here we were starting I think we were starting Ennis and Fave at the four and the five and then it went obviously to Fave and Rudy and um, and now we're starting Boyana Royce or whoever you kind of count as the four so um, it's very different um, I think the league will keep keep changing I think it's something that I don't want to say it's like a big circle but I don't think it'll go keep going around to back to like two bigs but I think I do think it'll get um, with the switching and all that I think it'll kind of go back to how it used to be eventually Um, it's hard to do I think Houston's probably the only only team that kind of really does it Um, so you've obviously got to, they've got to have some pretty high level success to, to change every other team to kind of play that way. So, um, I mean, if they come out and win the championship, you might see every every center's uh, value go down a fair bit. But um, yeah, no, it's I mean it's very different, and um, yeah, you just got to you got to adjust. You got to keep moving with the times, and obviously we're pretty lucky with the coach we've got that's uh, all over that kind of stuff. So after the game, Rudy said, as far as Mike Conley, he said this is the real Mike when he's talking about what the, or the way he played against the Knicks. Uh, is that just a matter of him and you and everybody else just settling in? And so now we're seeing what we expected to see maybe earlier in the season? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I don't want to be, like, <laughs> rude to him, but I think he can still play better. I think he, he will want to play better. Um, I think we all know what he did for – whatever it was in 12 years in Memphis and um, to, to be the player he was for so long it's uh, you, you put a lot of pressure on yourself You've, um, he wants to be really good and he obviously wants to help our team a lot and, um, I think for, for me and him it's been it's been really cool recently playing with him and um, for me to take the pressure off him to, to run all the stuff and for me to be able to get him some shots and I think um it makes it a bit the, the game a bit easier for him. He doesn't have to bring the ball up every time. And um, if you think about how they played in Memphis, he, he he literally brought the ball up every possession. And him and Mark basically played a pick and roll every possession. And um, that that's really different when you do that, and then you come to a team that's got three, four, five other ball handlers that can um, kind of help help him create and help him 
he doesn't have to get his own shot off playing pick and roll. One of us can, one of them last night that is in my mind, we played a pick and roll, he just gets to catch and shoot a three. It's like, uh, he, he's never been in, in that situation or really had a team like that. So, um, yeah, I think, like you said, we just kind of keep getting better playing together. We, um, the last couple of games, I think, have, have started to show kind of how, how how good it can be. And like I said, I think he wants to play better. I know I want to keep playing better. Um, but if we keep winning, that's, uh, that's uh, kind of a good way down that track. You know, a lot of people were worried when you were coming off the bench early in the year and didn't think your numbers looked that good. And I think there are a lot of reasons for that. And some of them you won't discuss because it might reflect poorly on teammates. And I know you well enough to know that, A, you won't do it. And then, B, you'll hit me in the head the next time you see me. So You're smart, man. <laughs> so, but I do think that there were a couple possessions in the Knicks game where all the pieces on the floor fit. You know, the people know Niang can make the three. They don't want to leave him. They know Clarkson can light him up. They don't want to leave him. Uh, Mike Conley was out there, and he's shooting 38% for three. They don't want to leave him. So you run a pick and roll and hit Bradley. And I just wonder how much your play off the bench is better now than it was earlier in the year, just because it's later in the year. Everybody knows their rules. Some of the pieces have changed, and all the pieces now just kind of fit together and you could just read the floor and Bradley was the read that was the guy who was open but all five guys can do their job and it makes everybody's life easier including yours for sure I mean I've I said it at the start of the season I I don't have a problem not one little bit of coming off the bench Um, I obviously I want to win and and if that's kind of the best case scenario for, for me to be in that role then um I'll do it to the to the best I can, and I think I, I was trying to do that early on. And um, I don't know if it wasn't working, but it wasn't. <laughs> it probably wasn't working. Um, more more on me than the, the coach or the team or anything. I think it was just um, mentally, it's it, it was different. I was trying to figure it out, and there's a lot of stuff going on, obviously, with a new team and new role for me, and um, obviously Mike's injury early on in the year was trying to just bump me back in there by default really and um, yeah I mean when it when it when I got the when we had the kind of conversation about it again um, the second time around I was in my head and all that and like it was like I was gonna I'm gonna make it work like I'm gonna figure it out and I'm gonna make it work and um, I mean it's 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 hard you still you, I'm still trying to figure out different kind of bits and pieces and um, like uh, like we people. I don't think people really like we, we've got a really, like a really good team. Um, and like I said, a lot of playmakers, a lot of scorers. Like we've we've got a really good team. That's obviously like we've talked. It's probably easily the deepest team since I've been here in the, the six years. And um, it's it's about us finding those. Like we said before, finding the right kind of style of play and the right tempo and when I'm aggressive and when it's Mike's kind of turn or um, if Donovan's going or Royce has made some shots or whoever it is, Boyan um, just kind of slowly kind of picking our times to be aggressive because we've got kind of four guys out there at least three guys out there every every um, possession that can, can create and either create for themselves or create for others so um, we're really lucky with that. We've just got to obviously take advantage of it every time we come down the floor. 
I'm wondering when you make the extra pass, how much confidence it gives the guy who's on the receiving end. Because there was a play, I think, against Cleveland, and you had the ball, and you had a shot, and then you took it back, you threw your left-handed, one-handed pass to Niang in the corner, and he nails the three. I'm just wondering, as that ball is coming to somebody, you think that that pumps them up even more? Hey, my guy believes in me, and he's giving me the ball, so that gives me more confidence to make the shot? For sure. Um, and I'd be... I don't want to sound arrogant or anything, but they, they I mean, they know it's coming when it's me. Um, I don't know, I'm not the only one on the team that does that, but um, well, I think they know that if it's, if I'm on the, that kind of 45 um, area and they're in the corner, like the, I think it was, um, I can't remember one game, but there was a game recently that we were kind of not over thinking about it, but we're trying to get Boyan some shots and get him going a little bit and, like I knew, it was, I, and it was the same. I was wide open. I know I could have shot it, um, but I knew he was there, and I knew if I got it to him quick enough, he would get a wide open shot as well. Um, and I, I remember catching and trying to throw it so fast to him so that he could get before his guy closed out that he could get an open shot. And, um, he actually made the shot, and I mean that's not the reason he's <laughs> started to to make some shots recently, but. Um, I, I always tell them, like, if it's a swing, swing situation, like, I'm throwing it. So, like, be ready to shoot. I think when I play with George, it's um, I feel that kind of need and, and want to, to get him. He, he's out there to, to space the floor and shoot. Well, he's, um, he's aware of what he's out there to do, and that's why he, I mean, it might look like he in two and a half minutes he gets five shots up, but that's what, what he's out there to do for us. And, um I put that kind of pressure on myself to make sure I can get him some open looks because that's what um, he's out there doing. He helps us, obviously, a, a lot when he's out there doing that. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things. I think we're an unselfish team regardless of, of who it is. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they they all know that, 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 that it's coming right to them if it's, if it's me out there. So you just saw Boston. They're kind of fresh in your mind, I would think. Uh, it wasn't that long ago, and now you're going to see them again. What uh, what have you got to do better against the Celtics? What did they do that really gave you fits that night? Um, I mean, they tore up our zone for a couple of minutes there, which was um, a lot of it was like Marcus Smart too, which um, he's actually he's shooting away. He's, he's playing. He's a really good player. He's playing really well this year, and um, I mean that'll be different uh, I think Kemba played the last game they played um, Jalen Brown kind of I don't know if he's playing we'll have to kind of obviously see how they're but, but Kemba's obviously a big difference if he's in there um, depending on who's kind of in and out we'll, we'll see um, probably tomorrow but um, yeah I mean we just yeah I think we were, we were really good for the first half Um that was that's a game in my mind that, and I was on the floor because at the time, so I know really well. But that's when that second unit was out there. We we let them go, and I, I don't know what the run was, but that's when they got the lead out. We we couldn't really get it back um, after that, and that's uh, the things we need to be be better at. I think we are now, as silly as it seems, kind of two games later. But I think we are um, better in those situations now. I think we we know. We have a better idea of what we're running at the time, what we're doing, who's handling. Um, 
where we can get a really good shot. So if they go on a 6-0 run or 8-0 run, we know where we can run whatever the play is and, and get a really good shot. And um, Yeah, that's... I mean, honestly, I think that was, that was a huge part of the game. We were, we were in the zone and Marcus Smart hit two or three threes and um, kind of broke open the game a little bit. So, um, yeah, it'll be a, be a big one. It'll be the, it's a fun, fun place to play and... Um, yeah, hopefully we can get a win. So the last six or eight weeks has been incredibly high and low, you know, with big winning streaks and losing streaks and then the roller coaster of a win. Well, yeah, well, that's what I'm going to ask you. Is it hard not to get caught up in it? Um, I, like, I really don't want this to sound bad, but not not for me, pers- for me personally, no. Um, like, you, I mean, we've, I've said this and probably people get really – Bored driving to work, listening to me say the same thing a lot, but um, they still tune in anyway, so it doesn't really matter, does it? No. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, when you, my my perspective of since having the kids and having Jacob's stuff and all that, like I've, I've said a million times, but it gives me a very clear understanding of of life and what's important. And, and obviously, I'm not saying that it's not important a win or a loss or a streak or, or whatever, but. Um, I'm not going to finish a game and go home to my, my kids and be be down. And um, I mean, they wouldn't let me. They're, they're just uh, kind of that little shine of light that win or lose, or if I have zero or if I have 50, it doesn't matter. They they treat me the same. And um, it's very kind of humbling. And um, I, I guess kind of keeps you on your two feet on the ground when you get to go home to a situation like that we get I get to walk in the door and um, and Jacob's non-stop talking now which a year ago I didn't hear my son's voice uh, um, I mean it definitely uh, I don't mean that you know, as I said in a bad way I don't I don't go home and, and not think about things I could have done better or why I'm not playing well or, or whatever but um, I'm definitely not going <laughs> to kind of go home and um not enjoy my family and my kids and um, I, I, I was dropping Miller at school during one of those streaks that we were losing and some of the parents are like oh tough time with the Jazz I'm like well I get to drop my daughter at school every day and pick her up every day and see my son when I get home and um, like it sucks losing but the sun comes up and life will go on and, and we'll obviously keep getting better and trying to do everything we can to, to keep winning games so um other guys, I, I don't know how they take it. Obviously, there's, there's different guys and different kind of feelings and thoughts. But um, once I leave the arena, it's uh, it, it's the kids and Renee for me. So thank goodness for Renee and the kids. <laughs> that was so bad. <laughs> I think that was the, I think that was the point. I don't think it's supposed. I'm to glad be you have Renee and the kids. <laughs> oh my. It's better than your American accent, big guy. <laughs> Have you heard it before? Let's hear it. Oh, I am Jazz Nation. It's me, Joe Ingleson. <laughs> um, uh, a lot of people asking me about why the Jazz are struggling. And um, I just wanted to say a couple of things about that. And... <laughs> or Nye and the kids. <laughs> I did see. That was that uh, video yeah. online, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was terrible too. Right? <laughs> Come on, fellow was. You showed it to your wife. You knew you laughed. We know you laughed. Come on. 
I definitely didn't show it there, and I. <laughs> How about the kids? <laughs> ah, no, the kids didn't get it. The kids have got too much other stuff going on. <laughs> Let's hear your American accent, then, big guy. What do you got? No, because I I know I like you know you know when you know like if you can't swim you're not going to get jumped in the ocean are you? <laughs> yeah I don't know how that applies to me doing my Australian accent I though. do I get it totally <laughs> you know I sit across you from know it's horrible <laughs> be quiet and ask me a question in American <laughs> in ask American. me a question in American <laughs> alright we'll leave it right there that was brilliant between me and Renai and Jacob and Milan. And... <laughs> alright uh, one other thing <laughs> One other thing we should tell you is we were actually one question into a Craig Bullerjack interview when we got the text. So we literally you got a bigger name on another line. We got to go, Bowler. So uh, Bowler's waiting for a callback. So we'll let you go and we'll go talk to Bowler. What was his one question? Was it a good question? Uh, yeah, he was, uh, was asking about how much more fun his life has been the last week calling three wins. It's it's way easier. Oh, you make his job so much the easier. The question was, isn't it about time Joe started playing well? <laughs> <laughs> trust, trust me, I've seen all everyone else write that to me. <laughs> all right. We'll let you go. Thanks, Joe. And thanks for uh, doing an interview in American. No worries, guys. All right. All right, there is Joe Ingalls. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines. Stay with us.